Say good morning, greet you in Christ's name. It's good to be here this morning. I uh, believe that God is alive and well in Gladys, and we're glad that he's here in our presence. His presence is here with us. The title of the message this morning is Worthy is the Lamb. The text is taken from Revelation chapter 5, if you want to turn there in your Bibles. Revelation chapter 5. Worthy is the Lamb. A tourist visited a church in northern Europe and was surprised to see a carved figure of a lamb way up high on the structure of that church. He, was at, he asked why it was there and was told that when the church was being built, a workman fell from a high scaffold. His co-workers rushed down, expecting to find him dead. But to their surprise and joy, he was alive and only slightly injured. How did he survive? Seems that a flock of sheep was passing beneath the tower at the time, and he landed on top of a lamb. The lamb broke his fall and was crushed to death, but the man was saved. And to commemorate his escape, someone carved a lamb on the tower of that church at the height where he was working when he fell. Today we have fallen, if you will, on a lamb and he is crushed for us. But we are saved through the work that he has done on Calvary. Worthy is the lamb. I want to say this morning, worthy, worthy is the lamb that was slain. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. And I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them saying to Him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. And the four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshipped. We're here today to remember what Christ has done for us on Calvary. It's a command that He gave His disciples before He left. His final days before His suffering and death. Paul writes about this in his letter to the Corinthians. He says, For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night when He was betrayed took bread. And when He had given thanks, He broke it and said, This is My body which is for you. Do this in remembrance of Me. Same way also he took the cup after supper saying, this cup is a new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. We're here to remember to use the broken bread and the poured cup to help us to remember. We're here to let this bread and this cup take our minds back to the events that happened in Palestine some 2,000 years ago. We forget so easily. This helps us to remember. It's a meaningful thing to do. We're here out of obedience. This do, Jesus said, in remembrance of me. Remember what He did and how necessary that is for our salvation. Even more, even more we remember Him. Who He is, what He did, what He is like. And that is the focus of today's message is what is Jesus like? 
we want to use the, the word picture that the Scripture gives of Him as the Lamb of God. Who is Jesus? He is the Lamb of God who came to make provision so that the sin of the world could be taken away. John the Baptist is the first to say it in the New Testament setting. He said it twice on two consecutive days. John 1.29, the next day he saw Jesus coming toward him and he said, Behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. I think the Jewish folks were very familiar with the picture of a lamb. They knew what John the baptizer was talking about when he said the Lamb of God. It was a powerful metaphor. But it was not probably what they expected to hear. They were looking for a Redeemer who would be a powerful deliverer from their Roman oppressors. They were expecting maybe a warrior. What they got was a lamb, the Lamb of God, the sinless Lamb of God. And every year at the Passover, when they celebrated the Feast of Unleavened Bread, there were literally thousands and thousands of little lambs, little sheep that were, had their throats slit, and the blood was caught in a basin and was spread over the door posts and the lintels in remembrance of the Passover. And those devout Jews who heard John speak would have been familiar, I think, with Isaiah the prophet, where he says, All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth like a lamb that is led to the slaughter and like a sheep before its shears is silent, so he opened not his mouth. I want us today to admire the Lamb of God as we remember what he did for us. To learn to know him better, that would be the goal of the message today. A student once asked, Bonaventure, the medieval Franciscan teacher, she says, why don't men love God more? And he says, because they don't know him. To know God is to love him. We can't help but love God when we see him as he is the Lamb of God. To know him is to love him. We, I want to honor the one who was willing to lay down his life for us. I want to show us the beauty and awesomeness of our Savior as we remember Him today. Worthy! Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb that was slain. You know, Jesus as our Savior has so many sides to admire. So many things about Him that we could admire. He was the Lion of the tribe of Judah. A beast of fearsome and ma fearsomeness and majesty and power, and yet he submitted himself as a lamb to give up his physical life as a sacrifice for us. And we admire him for his glory. But even more, we admire because his glory is mingled with humility. We admire him for his transcendence, but even more because his transcendence is accompanied by condescension. His imminence in drawing close to his creation to bring redemption. We admire him for his uncompromising justice, but even more because it is tempered with mercy. We admire him for his majesty, but even more because it is a majesty in meekness. We admire him because of his equality with God, but even more because as God's equal, he nevertheless was willing to give that up 
temporarily so that he could take on human flesh and become a sin sacrifice for us. We admire him because he could still the storm, but even more because he refused to use that power to strike the Samaritans with lightning, and he refused to use it to get himself down from the cross. Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. Worthy is the Lamb. Hallelujah. John the Revelator saw a throne room scene in his vision when he was exiled on the Isle of Patmos. Revelation 4 describes that scene. There was the throne with God seated on it. Surrounding the throne were 24 elders who continually worshipped God on the throne. There were four living creatures. There was a sea of glass. There were seven torches of fire. And we pick up the scene in Revelation 5, and that is our text today. Revelation chapter 5. If you have your scriptures with you, I would invite us to stand as we read Revelation chapter 5. Stand as we read the the text today. Then I saw in the right hand of him who was seated on the throne, a scroll written within and on the back, sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the scroll and break its seals? And no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or to look onto it. And I began to weep loudly because no one was found worthy to open the scroll or to look into it. And one of the elders said to me, Weep no more. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has conquered so that he can open the scroll and its seven seals. And between the throne and the four living creatures and among the elders I saw a lamb standing as though it had been slain with seven horns and with seven eyes which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. And he went and took the scroll from the right hand of him who was seated on the throne. And when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the twenty-four elders fell down before the lamb, each holding a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song, saying, Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain. And by your blood you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. And you have made them a kingdom and priests to our God, and they shall reign on the earth. Then I looked, and I heard around the throne, and the living creatures and the elders, and the voice of many angels, numbering myriads of myriads and thousands and thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. And I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them saying to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. And the four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshipped. You may be seated. Just a couple of observations about this text. It's a vivid image that John saw in the 
throne room scene of heaven. God is in control of the future. He had in his right hand the scroll that foretold the things that were to happen in the future. In chapter 6 to 9 of the book of Revelation, tell us about four horsemen and seven trumpets that would sound as the seals were broken on the scroll. There was the white horse whose rider went forth conquering and to conquer. There was the red horse whose rider took peace from the earth. There was the black horse whose rider had a scale in his hand that portrayed famine that was to come. And there was the pale horse whose rider was called death and Hades followed after. Amazing things would happen as God's plan came into being. No creature was worthy to open the scroll that foretold the future. No one. And our text here says that John wept. He wept loudly because no one was found that was worthy. He was devastated that no one could be found that was worthy. And then it was revealed to the revelator that there was one. He was the lion of the tribe of Judah. He was the root of David. And there's no doubt in our minds as to who this is. It is our Savior. It is the one we are honoring today in this memorial service. It is the one we admire and pay homage to. Worthy is the Lamb. He's worthy to open God's plan for the future. We can trust Him with our future. He is the only one. Worthy is the Lamb. What makes the Lamb worthy? There would be so many reasons. And I want to look today at four things that makes this Lamb worthy, that makes the Son of God worthy. Four reasons that make Him worthy that tie in with our communion service today. I want to honor Him as we look at these things that make Him worthy. Worthy is the Lamb to receive our praise and honor today. Number one, He is worthy because of His sovereignty. The Lamb was worthy because He was sovereign. He was the King. He was the Lion of the tribe of Judah. A kingly kingly descendant of the tribe of Judah. He is a conquering King. He is of royal lineage. He is the Son of God. He is the Almighty One. Reading from Revelation 1, it says, John, to the seven churches that are in Asia, grace to you and peace from Him who is and who was and who is to come, and from the seven spirits which are before the throne, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the rulers of the kings on the earth, to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood, and made us a kingdom, priests to his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever, amen. Behold, he is coming with clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him, and all tribes of the earth will wail on account of him, even so, amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is, who was, and who is to come, the Almighty. He is the ruler of the kings of the earth. He is the first and the last. He is the Almighty One. That is His honor. Philippians 2, Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though He was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. 
Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that the name of Jesus every knee shall bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Worthy is the Lamb. He is worthy because of his sovereignty. Worthy is the Lamb. Number two, he is worthy because of his sinlessness. He is worthy because of his sinlessness. The sacrificial lamb was perfect. There was no blemish. There was no spot. There was no imperfection of any kind. 1 Peter 1 says, Knowing that you were ransomed from the feudal ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. He is worthy because of his sinlessness. It had to be this way. It was the only sacrifice that could satisfy the holiness of God. The Lamb of God was without blemish, without spot. Scripture says that He was tempted in all ways like we are, yet without sin. He was totally, totally without sin. Satan tempted Him fiercely. Fiercely, Satan did his best to ruin God's plan. But Satan is the greatest loser of all times. Jonathan Edwards was a great theologian in the early 18th century. He used the analogy of the story of Jonah and the whale to describe Satan's failure. The devil had, as it were, swallowed up Christ, and as the whale did Jonah, but it was deadly poison to him, and Christ gave him a mortal wound in his own bowels. He was soon sick of his morsel, and he was forced to do by him as the whale did by Jonah. To this day he is heart sick of what he then swallowed as his prey. The devil tried to damage the sinless Son of God, but he lost in the end. He is the sinless Son of God. He did not become sinful at Calvary. It's a bit of theology I want to throw in there, maybe just a little heavy, but I want to throw it in. Christ did not become sin at Calvary. He did not go to hell as a punishment for sin. He was not punished at all. He suffered. There's a big difference. The wicked are punished and the righteous suffer. God did not make him sin for us. God made him a sin offering. God cannot make sin any more than he can lie. Anything that God does is pure and holy. God cannot split off part of the deity and make Christ sinful. God did not pour out His wrath on His Son. The Lamb of God is worthy because of His sinlessness. He was the Lamb of God. He was incarnated and took on human form so that He could be that perfectly sinless sacrifice acceptable to God and that which, is satis which satisfied His holiness. He is worthy because of His sovereignty. He is worthy because of His sinlessness. Number three, he is worthy because of his submission. The lamb is worthy because he submitted. Read a few verses from Matthew chapter 26. Verse 36, And Jesus went with them to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, Sit here while I go over there and pray. 
And taking with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. And he said to them, My soul is very sorrowful, very even to death. Remain here and watch with me. And going a little further, he fell on his face and prayed, saying, My father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. And he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, So could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again, for the second time, he went away and prayed, My father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. He is worthy because he submitted to death. I find it interesting that there are two gardens where submission and rebellion are emphasized. Two great gardens where battles were fought. The first was the Garden of Eden where our first father, Adam, rebelled against God and chose to disobey God. But in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus, the Lamb of God, submitted to the will of his Father. It was a huge internal battle in the mind of Christ as he submitted to the terrible death on the cross. And as we remember that in communion today, we honor him for that submission, dying so that our sins could be forgiven. Jonathan Edwards uses another analogy, that great theologian. He says, And thus the true Samson does more toward the destruction of his enemies at his death than in his life. In yielding himself to death, he pulls down the temple of Dagon and destroys many thousands of his enemies, even while they are making themselves sport in his sufferings. In his lifetime, Samson wreaked havoc on the Philistines but it pales in comparison to what he did as he died when he pulled those pillars down. So Christ, in his submission to death, he made it possible for us to be redeemed to God. He paid the price in his sacrifice on the cross. His submission, I want to honor Christ this morning as the Lamb of God. He is worthy. He is worthy. Worthy is the Lamb. He is worthy because of his sovereignty, his sinlessness. He is worthy because of his submission. And finally, he is worthy because of his sacrifice. Between the throne and the four living creatures and among the elders, I saw a lamb standing as though it had been slain with seven horns and with seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. And he went and took the scroll from the right hand of him who was seated on the throne. And when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb, each holding a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song saying, Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain. And by your blood, you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. He is worthy because of his sacrifice. He made adequate, Jesus made adequate provision for the atonement of the sins of the whole world. 
He was given a body when he was born as a little child. He was given a body in his incarnation. He lived in that body for 33 years. He gave that body in sacrifice at Calvary. His blood was shed as he died. Hebrews 10 says, For it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. Consequently, when Christ came into the world, he said, Sacrifices and offerings you have not desired, but a body have you prepared for me. In burnt offerings and in sin offerings you have taken no pleasure. Then I said, Behold, I have come to do your will, O God, as it is written of me in the scroll of the book. Jesus laid down his earthly life and his blood was shed for our sin. He died a physical death. That physical death was he was in that physical was given in the the body that was given in the incarnation. He laid down as a sacrifice and an atonement for our sin. Jesus did not pay the penalty for our sin. Sounds a little stark to you, but that's not true. Jesus did not pay the penalty for our sin. I heard that shared from a pulpit in our church here a couple of weeks ago. Jesus paid the penalty. That's wrong. Jesus did not pay the penalty for our sin. What is the penalty of our sin? What is the penalty of our sin? The penalty of our sin is eternal separation from God. The penalty for our sin is spiritual death and physical death and separation and misery and hell. That is the penalty of our sin. Jesus did not do that. He did not pay that penalty. That is an invention of the Calvinist crowd that we need to refute. I think it was said in innocence. I don't think anything was meant wrong in our setting. But we need to understand the penalty for sin is spiritual death and eternal separation from God. That is the penalty for our sin. It's called penal theology when we say that Jesus paid the penalty, that Jesus was punished. Jesus was not punished. The wicked are punished. The innocent suffer. Jesus suffered. He was not being punished. If Jesus would have paid the penalty for the sin of the world, then the world would go free and hell would lose its population. A just God could not exact penalty from Jesus and also from the sinner. A penalty is paid only once. Jesus did not pay the penalty for the sin of the world. What Jesus did was to provide the sacrifice of his physical body and blood on the cross to atone for the sins of the world. That's what Jesus did. He died a physical death. He gave his body. He gave his life's blood, physical blood, to atone for our sins. He suffered for us. He was not punished. The sinless Lamb of God suffered for us on Calvary. And the blood of Jesus is adequate provision for the sins of the whole world. The blood that Jesus shed on Calvary that day 2,000 years ago that we are commemorating here in this service was adequate before God for the sins of the whole world. What has to happen then? We have to believe. That, that, that 
that does nothing for the sinner who does not believe. We have to believe in the atonement that Christ achieved for us on Calvary. We have to believe. We have to accept it by faith that he died for us. The whole world is not saved because they don't believe. We must choose to trust this work of Christ on the cross. If we reject his sacrifice, there is no other provision for us. Hebrews says. Why did it seem that God had forsaken Christ on the cross? Why did Jesus say as he hung there, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? I think it's pretty simple. All throughout his earthly life, Jesus had been protected by his father from harm that wicked people wanted to do to him. And in order for Jesus to die that physical death, God had to allow it to happen. He had to turn away and allow it to happen. Jesus gave his life so that they could kill him. God did not pour out his wrath on his son, but allowed sinful men to take the physical life of his son. And Jesus submitted to the will of his father and allowed wicked men to take his life. He laid down his life in sacrifice. Peter talked about it in his sermon at Pentecost. He says, men of Israel, hear these words, Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God with mighty works and wonders and signs that God did through him in your midst. As you yourselves know, this Jesus delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God, you crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. God raised him up, losing the pangs of death because it was not possible for him to be held by it. The question I have for you is, do you believe that the sacrifice of the Son of God on that cruel cross was for your sins and for mine? Do you believe? You cannot be saved unless you believe. Do you see that suffering under the cruel scourging of the Roman soldiers that it was accomplished because of your sin and mine? Those nails that pierced the, the hands and feet of Jesus and brought such pain were driven to atone for my sin. It is finished, Jesus shouted as he died. The work is done. The atonement is made. The sacrifice of the sinless Son of God is accomplished. I believe. And I'm so grateful today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. I think for the millions of years, I will never be able to honor God enough for what he did, for what his son was willing to do when he gave his life on Calvary, his shed blood, his broken body. I give you my heart and my life. Thank you. Thank you. Today, we, I, all of us who are part of this communion service, We'll remember Christ's sacrifice in a special way. As I eat that broken bread, I am commemorating his broken body as a drink of the cup. Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb of God who took away my sin and has made provision 
so that the entire world could be redeemed. Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb. And they sang a new song saying, Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. Worthy is the Lamb. Amen. Amen. Bless you.